At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And thank you for tuning in again, Operation Tango Romeo. Today I have on phone, uh, and I am thrilled to have Colette and Gary Benoit. Folks, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's our pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So the Benoit Wellness Consulting uh, Frontline Resiliency Project. Yes. Tell me about that. What is your guys' scope of service and and your mission? Well, we we started this with the with the idea to help all first responders, like frontline personnel and their families. I mean, their spouses, their brothers and sisters, their moms and dads, to improve their their physical, their emotional, their mental health. Uh, just through giving them different tools and different perspectives and changing their mindset a little bit. And um, yeah, so we we really you know had this passion around it because of the stuff that we've gone through together as a couple. Now, which of uh, you are the first responder? That's you, isn't it, Gary? So yeah, I'm a policeman. I have been for about 22 years now in, in Edmonton. And um, we've been together, call it night, for about 17 of those years. And during that time, uh, you know, things got pretty tough for us. And then we had to go on our own little journey of self-discovery to figure out how to be better together, to have a stronger family unit to uh, give the right guidance to our son, who's now 14. And uh, that was the main focus for us when we were going through, because we were at a point where I think uh, if we didn't make some changes, we wouldn't be together anymore, and we would be another broken family in our stat. And we just didn't want to be in that position. And so we decided that we would do our own journey of discovery. And then as we were doing this, we realized that as we were coming out the other end, that other people must be feeling the same way that I was feeling and all going through the same things I was going through. And then we decided that we needed to do something to help, you know, share our story, share what we're doing, give them some tools. And so then we opened or started our, our company called Benmo Wallace Consulting, which was basically just to, uh, you know, help those first responders and help those family members really um, build that resilience that they you know, that we so need every day. And, you know, and, and we say we're okay, um, we're, we, but we, sometimes we're not. And and then we, I was in, we are talking about it. I thought we should have a project called the Frontline Resiliency Project where it's really focused on the, on the front first responders and their families. Because their families kind of left behind. Like I, I think a little bit like the spouses and the, the kids, they're a part of it too. They carry a lot of the weight too. And, and they have a different perspective on what's happening. You know, I come home from, from the job and I see things and I have that, those feelings and those emotions and those things that are coming through, but they see the other side of that coin, what it does to us more vividly than we see it on our, in ourselves. I'm not sure if I miss anything. I like Colette. She's nodding over here. Oh, so I got pretty good there. The self-awareness is the key. Um, one of the challenges, the, maybe the biggest challenge with operational stress injuries or PTSD, whichever you want to call it, is the self-awareness 
just isn't there. You, you think everybody else is the asshole. You don't realize that it's you. <laughs> and um, uh, you're mad at the world and at everybody because uh, you, you unconsciously are blaming your spouse or the situation or anything but you. And But once you realize that, no, 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 I'm overreacting here doesn't feel like I'm overreacting, but really that's what's happening. And um, uh, uh, such a giant emotional response to the situation is not normal. Hmm. That's the, um, uh, the, the starting point, I believe. Uh, what would you say? Yeah, I agree totally. Um, I think that awareness piece is huge and um, being able to make those make a decision to want to be better and do better uh, within you know your as a member in the community whether you're a police officer fireman or EMS as well as at home and so without being aware of that and without um, acknowledging that and making that decision to change you kind of just get you know stuck stuck in a a downward spiral, which is where Gary was after his shooting in 2007. And, you know, I started to do things to change. And, and he, he saw the positive changes in me, which helped him decide that he wanted to join that, um, that journey. But yeah, without the awareness, it, it's definitely hard to take steps forward. For sure. Yeah. I think you can say I, I would totally agree. Like I know I had to be kind of shocked into awareness. Like initially um, it was an ultimatum where kind of was a conversation that we had. It was a really difficult conversation in that moment where she's like, look, if we continue on the road that we're going, we're not going to be together anymore because I cannot do it this way. It's not going to be the way I want to live my life. And then it was, here are some books. I think you should read these. And then I had to make the choice. And, and and it's never fun to be in that position. It's no. never something that we want people to be in. Like, I, you know, I would, I don't want anybody to feel those feelings or I, I, it's terrible, terrible spot to be. And I know that I had done, I know that I had to figure out what was going on with my own mind. Cause I, I you know, and, and so I, I started doing some of that stuff, reading those books and doing that self-discovery on my own. Um, you know, and, and it was, it worked very well for me. I was very, I'm very grateful for the for the ultimatum. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. <laughs> the divorce rate among veterans and first responders is astronomical. Uh, I'm on my second marriage myself. I know people that are on their second and third and fourth. So what is it about our behavior as somebody with an OSI that makes a relationship impossible or difficult? Well, I, I know from me personally, I know after my, like, so, I mean, I, I look at, I've done a lot of reflecting on my career in the last little while, last five years. And the last five years have been really positive for me and I, I've come a long ways and, and we've come a long ways together and we've on this, on this crusade to help and join and collaborate with people and to get or the word out to help people get better and become more resilient. And when I reflect on my career, I look at the, all the trauma things that I've gone through. And I think for me, it was accumulation of things. That built up from year one and all the things I'd seen through year from year one to year nine when I went through my shooting. So in those nine years, um, 
I mean, I, I didn't say, I didn't talk to anybody what I was feeling. I never really processed any of that stuff. And so then what happened was it just sort of after my shooting, I sort of, it was like that little feather that landed on the, on the, the bricks and it broke the table. That's kind of what it felt like, like an avalanche. Like I was smothered. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I shut down. I went into, I would turn it on myself and I, I didn't, I just really internalized everything. And I, I just, I felt alone and I, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk to her. I was irritable. Um, I'd come home and I know that I wouldn't even be present. I wasn't present in the moment at home at all. Like uh, there'd be conversations that she would have with me and I wouldn't hear a word. My, my son would try to get my attention and she'd have to yell at me to speak to him because he'd be like, dad, 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 dad. And it'd be like 10 or 15 times. And I wouldn't even know he was there because I would just, I was just, couldn't process anything. I was just gone out of my mind and, and, and I just wasn't there. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing for me as I was so disconnected with what the family unit was all about, with what the family unit was trying to do on my days off. It was my days off, but it, I wasn't even there. When it came to work time, my adrenaline would come back up and I get spooled back up and I could go back to work and I'd be okay at work. But as soon as I left work, I was back to that, that disconnected piece. And, and that was tough for her. I'm not sure what her perspective is, but that's the way I was. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Uh, call that for Gary to feel isolated and alone. That must be exactly how you felt as well. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, we both are from, well, Gary's originally from Newfoundland, but his family lives in Saskatchewan and so does mine. So when we, you know, obviously he was with the police service. So we um, moved in together and we stayed in Edmonton. All of our family was back home and we were the first amongst all of our friends to have a child. And so not having family, not having anybody else who was, you know, going through that same stage of life was was very difficult. And then having him go through what he was going through, um, yes, felt very alone. Um, didn't really have the greatest support network around me. Uh, didn't know about any external resources or support. There wasn't really much back then. So it was, it was a very isolating experience um, for sure. Some of the conversations my wife and I have, if uh, if I'm in a low spot, I feel lonely. And what do you know? So does she, because it's that disconnection. And For sure. I've had different psychologists on the show, if you go through the episode list. And one of the running themes is that trauma creates separation. It, it creates a disconnection. And that disconnection is what creates the pain. Because you're and rebuilding those connections is what's so critical. So, with your guys' um, uh, uh, coaching, like, is it is it do you get a group that comes together once a week, or is it one on one with families? Like, how do you actually do what you do? What's the modality? Yeah, we do a multiple of um, things. So, we do one on one coaching, um, which can be done individually. We can also do spouses together. Uh, we also host, not right now during COVID, but uh, workshops, uh, one and two day workshops. We also offer um, workshops into organizations like the police service and fire um, if, if they're needing support. Um, and 
Then the conscious connections that we run is once a month, and that is more of a support group for all first responders and their families. And it is a space to connect and share and talk and support one another, Um, you know, a confidential space and no judgment. And those have been going super well. Um, We actually had... uh, our June one last night online, um, we had Dr. Jody Carrington speak. Um, yeah, I had her on the show a few episodes ago. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but we'll probably be moving back into an uh, in-person event soon. And we just we have a different guest speaker each month. And sometimes they're professionals and sometimes they're other people um, in the frontline community sharing their story. Um, and it really allows people to feel comfortable opening up and talking about how they feel when they see somebody else doing the same thing. So are there that's some, kind of are there some particular skills or uh, uh, particular lessons that uh, like do you do the psych ed uh, bits of things like communication skills that sort of thing? Yeah, we talk about, um, we do goal setting and we talk about different blockers that come into our life, like fear and self-sabotage and guilt. Um, And then we, you know, talk about mindset and the importance of being aware of our thoughts and how to shift those thoughts. We also have a portion on leadership and resiliency. And so we're really flexible with what we do, depending on what they whoever is coming to us, what they need. Um, And then we will be opening up to doing some more work on or some new work on grief um, once I get my certification. And yeah, just really allowing um, a wide range of resources because everybody is different and everybody, not everybody will, um, not everything works the same for everybody. No. So, the thing about it is uh, we try to, we would love to see, ultimately, we would love to be into recruit classes and that kind of stuff. That's where we want to be at the beginning because we want to give the tools to them prior to getting into this Absolutely. career as they're, as they're getting. I mean, that's that's the most valuable place to, to be at, really, when you think about it, uh, grand, grand scheme. We love helping people that are already going through it, though. Uh, and in that moment, though, when you're going through it, maybe you're in a different place and maybe you're not quite ready. So that's why we we've... Uh, look down the grief um, road. Colette's going to get some training into that, and that'll help us then start people at the beginning because if they haven't been able to work through some of the stuff that they're dealing with in that loss, uh, because the more we learn about grief, the more it's not just about someone in your family who's passing away. It's it's actually a loss of expectations and dreams and trust and and different things that happen. So um, it's important for us to deal with that grief piece, and then. The goal setting thing as well is is very unique, I believe, because that's why I'm so charged about it. I love it. I think it's amazing because I think it works so well for me because I looked at goals differently. So initially when I saw goals, yeah, my work goals, I have a career goal, I have aspirations. I have a fitness in my head, like a New Year's resolution every year that I never got to. And uh, But the way we do it is we look at our life as a total or seven different areas of life that make up a rounded life or your best life, or I guess it's more balanced. And you set goals in all of them. So like fitness, finance, family, it's field, faith, friends, and fun. So all those seven areas are areas that are really important to how you balance your life out and how you can live your most full, most best 
if that's even the right, right word, life. Um, and I never did that before. And when I started doing that, I got a hobby. I picked my guitar back up. I was, I've been playing the guitar now for five years. I have more friends. I have quality friends because I have a vision of what that, my, my good circle of friends should look like. And I have good support there now. I mean, my family is the best it's ever been. My fitness, I still got to work really hard at fitness because I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I just, I don't like going to the gym. I don't like that's. I know, I know it's part of my job, but I just like, that's probably why I don't like it. It's become part of my work. Right. So I'm like, ah, and it becomes a career kind of, you know, sucks. But uh, we, you know, I work really hard at that. And then, you know, I've developed the faith again in, in stuff and that can be anything. It can be whatever you believe in. And that's the best thing about it is that I've got this faith and I you know my finances are better than you've been. So without having all those goals in all those areas, I, I wouldn't have been able to run that life out a bit. Right. So that's why it's so, I'm so excited about it. And uh, I just think it's amazing to do it that way. So is it just the police community that you guys serve or other first responders as well? No, we'll serve all first responders. That means that goes right from your, your 911 dispatchers, uh, your corrections, people, military veterans, um, police, fire, EMS, um, all, all of their spouses. You have doctors and nurses that are on the front line in the, in the ERs because they see things differently. We've, we've been to funeral directors and funeral homes because we believe that they are also on the front line because they see death and destruction of people when they're grieving at their worst. And so it's important for them to have good balance and good supports in their life. Tow truck drivers. Tools. What's that? Tow truck drivers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Tow truck drivers. I mean, even like even – the, the media people that come out to these scenes that are like the reporters, mm-hmm. they're, they're super, um, one second here. They're super involved in that, right? So they see things and so they, they can be involved in this too, you know? And so I, I, it's kind of a broad scope. I know that's kind of a, a big brush that we, we put out there, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, you know, lost I, you I think it's important, oh. it's important to involve the people that are, that are seeing it. Right. Okay. Well, it's incredibly important work that you do, and it's incredible how many organizations there are out there. Um, uh, and it's always from the same place. It, either somebody has suffered themselves, or they know somebody that suffered, and so they start doing something. Uh, everything from Quilts of Valor, which is incredible, um, uh, which just shows appreciation. And there's quilts, quilts, the equivalent of Quilts of Valor Associations for First Responders as well. Um, uh, that uh, the wine glass wellness retreat is brand new yep. in uh, just outside of Cochrane. Um, Which is cool. Uh, earlier today, the uh, uh, the last episode I had Scott Casey on. He's the president of Military Minds and the uh, founder of the Rolling Barrage motorcycle ride uh, from, right. from from coast to coast. There's and of course Operation Tango Romeo that you're on right now. So there's all, awesome. so many different resources. Yeah, you know, we believe that the more resources there are, something will resonate with each individual person. And uh, it's not this is not a one-man band. You can't go on on your own and do this as an army of one. The more people that are involved, the more resources that there are out there, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Because then what can happen is then we can all collaborate. And as we collaborate, we create amazing things. And that's the best way to affect change is to to continue to collaborate and 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 start that movement yeah get that get it going well the more we talk about it the less the stigma i've had a police officer um because i'm i mean i got a podcast on the topic of ptsd so i'm really out of the closet and um 
uh, I had a police officer come up to me and go, hey, uh, just so you know, I've had some issues too. And he, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's a big secret. It's whispering it to me, you know, and then he's looking both ways like nobody heard me, didn't they? And, um, and that's exactly what has to, the, the power of conversation, the power of these organizations being out there of what you do, of what we're doing here at Tango Romeo, the more it's spoken about, the, the more, the less of a big deal that it is. Like, it's not yeah. easy to say I'm injured. It's not no, easy. It's not. And, uh. So God bless you both for what you do and, and how you do it. Is, is there anything else that uh, you, you really want uh, the audience to know? First of all, how does somebody contact you guys and, and, and learn more about you? Yeah, so we have a website, benoitwellnessconsulting.com. Um, and the same for the handles on Instagram and Facebook are the two that we use the most. Um, so those are the same, Benoit Wellness Consulting or Benoit Wellness Consulting. And um, yeah, sending messages through there, our phone number, email, everything is on there. Yeah, so you can find it through Facebook, through Instagram. And uh, do you have a website as well? It's that, benoitwellnessconsulting.com. Yeah. 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 I think you only said it three times before I asked. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's really long. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So if there's anything else, you know, I really think that it's important to, to people know that, you know, I know that you're, you know, it's like, a, put it back on you. you. You come out, you say you're out of the closet in a way you're, you're speaking about this. You're open about it. You embraced it. You're, you're, you're doing some amazing things with it. Um, You know, like, and on the flip side, like for me, I, I when I first started this, I didn't tell anybody and I did it on my own. I was very quiet about it. And I and I realized that that the people around me had no idea. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that there are people working right now with people around them that are going through similar difficulties. But at work, they're it's the last thing to, to suffer. The work is the last place that we'll know. And so it's, if you're out there and you're working and you're, you're around people and, and when you ask them, like, hey, how are you doing today? Or how's it going today? And they go, yeah, I'm good. Maybe just take a look at them a little closer. Maybe, you know, ask a few more questions. Maybe it's, you know, asking, how are you really doing? And I, and I, and I the reason why I said it is we have a friend of ours, we're having a conversation and, and that's what got him is that he, people would ask him, hey, how are you doing? He'd be like, I'm good. And then that one person looked at him again and asked, no, how are you really doing? And then it sort of opened up that floodgate for him and he was able to, to speak about what, what he was feeling in that moment. So it's important, I think, like, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I too, I'm very vocal. I, I share my story. I, I share what I've been through and, and I, I wear that, that hat of like, you know what, I went, I was in this place where it was terrible and it was, you know, and I realized that I had a hard, I would have had a hard road ahead if I would have stayed on that road. But I, I was able to have the, the person that saved me beside me here working with me to get, uh, today, every day, right? So it's important to talk about it. It is. Uh, my wife has listened to every single episode of Operation Tango Romeo so that she can better understand me. Um, she yeah. seeks counseling separately so that uh, she can learn what it's like to live with me. And um, it, it's it's a long, hard road and there is no end to the road, which can be really discouraging, but it's, um, but it does get better and better and better with time. Uh, but it's, it's a long, hard hump. 
because it's self-discovery. And without the self-discovery, which is incredibly difficult work and therapy is incredibly difficult work. But if you have the perseverance to fight through it, to fight through the anxiety and the stress that comes with doing uh, uh, therapy and peer support and coaching and all the things that you have to do to, to recover, life is much, much better and is worth living. And, uh, and your capacity d- does increase, but it is work. And different people are, are injured at different levels. Um, mm-hmm. but the manifestations are pretty ubiquitous. It's, um, we, it's all pretty similar outbursts of anger, uh, inability to regulate emotion and a sense of isolation and just not fitting in society. And, <laughs> but once somebody gets to the point where they realize, oh, it's not everybody else. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Well, that's tough. You know, it's easy. It's, yeah. it's, it's harder to change yourself than the whole world, it feels like. But of course, that's not true. You know, you can't change the world. You can only change yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to mention, too, that like as spouses, I know it's sometimes hard if our spouses aren't ready to open up and talk, but just to continue to, um, you know, listen and hold space for them and not try and fix things, um, as well as you know, as this, as a spouse, you yourself start making the changes that you want to see in your life with your family. And that's what happened with us sooner or later. I was on, I started on my discovery self journey way before Gary. And he kind of was like, what's happening? Like <laughs> I see her as becoming this better person and she's more positive and more fun to be around. And like, I really like that. Like maybe I should the wagon get on the train so as a spouse just continuing to work on yourself um will spark some interest from your spouse <laughs> it's funny when she hired she, she hired a coach and uh you know her own on her own journey and and i've, I've always been very supportive I, i've supported whatever she wanted to do she's had all these ideas in, in her lifetime with me and and uh some of them were crazy and some of them weren't so crazy. And, and it was, it was just, it's just amazing to see her, her spark that way. But when she started doing this coaching, I was like, yeah, sure. Go for it. And, uh, I wasn't really interested in it at all. I was kind of skeptical of what it was. And, and it wasn't until maybe about a year, maybe at least a year later when I real I started, I, that's when I noticed the biggest change started to come for, through her. And, and I was like, huh, wow. Maybe that does work. <laughs> <laughs> there might maybe be I, something to I, this. Maybe I do need that. <laughs> and uh, and so once she started, once she started doing that, I was like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on here. I'm gonna try to catch up. And uh, and and it's been amazing ever since I jumped on with that as well. So not only through myself, did my, you know, I did my own stuff at the beginning, and it was working pretty good, and I was doing okay. But then I saw that that other thing. What she was doing, and then I jumped onto that, and it was been amazing. So to have that coach, to have that support, to have that person or those people around you that can really help you start that journey and get going, you know, it, it's it, it's amazing because you have that ability then to call them or reach out to them when you're having a tough day. And hey, I know we talked about this last week, but remind me again what I'm doing here. Uh, and it's great, right? Like uh, I think podcasts like this are amazing. People can hear things and hear different stories and hear perspectives and 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 reach out to different people that resonate with them. Cause it, you know, we just want people to be better and we want people to have that 
life that they we know they can have because I'm living it. I'm, I'm living it every day. Yeah, and I think it's amazing that we can have these different people. And, and so, yeah, if you have a coach, you know, it's important to have that support. One of the challenges of having an OSI is that the people who get them are the heroes. And heroes hate asking for help because mm-hmm. you want to be the one with the cape that swoops in and saves the day. You want to be the helper. And Absolutely. so the helper asking for help is that's why I went 22 years without being diagnosed. (laughs) You know, it's like, I got this, I got this, I got this. No, I don't. (laughs) If only we can make them see that they are still a hero because they're helping themselves. Yeah. Right. And to just shift that mindset that they are still helping, they are still that hero, but they're saving themselves and they're saving their families. And you can't, be a good dad you can't be a good husband uh or mother or sister if you don't got yourself sorted out no 100 percent. and like, uh one of the one of the my, one of our mentors one of his greatest one of his best sayings that i love is helping yourself is not selfish it's selfless because if you are able to help yourself you have the capacity then to help other people and that's such a huge huge lesson and difficult i still struggle with that I, um, and and a lot of us do, uh, it's, it's very, very common that we struggle with admitting that we have an injury and admitting that we need help and that it's okay that we deserve that help. Gary, Gary and Colette, thank you so much for being on Tango Romeo. This was a very, very special episode because, uh, actually hearing the dynamics of, of a couple, that's the first time this is episode 35, 36, something like that. And this is the first time we've had a couple talking about the dynamics of living with an OSI as as a couple. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for sharing your story. Please stay on the line. You are listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. (laughs) 